Good morning, family. If you guys would please turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2. So we really dealt with uh, what and how to pray. So we're going to deal with the why to pray today. Um, it really was kind of pulled between two particular scriptures, um, but I really feel compelled to end um, to end in the in the the real Lord's prayer, and that's in John 17. But so today we're going to deal with a lady who prayed, and in First Samuel's uh, really deals with the issue of the birth of Samuel in the beginning, and this wonderful story about a woman named Hannah. Hannah. Uh, I think many, many women here, I know that my wife particularly um, really understands uh, this scripture. And I think many, many women here will understand that. And so um, I do pray that, that, that you kind of get the heart of Hannah here as she comes before God in prayer and also in prayer of praise. So um, we're going to pray and then we're going to get in. Father, I want to thank you so much that you are good, holy, and true. Thank you that you are faithful, that your word is faithful. Um, Lord, that you, uh, that your word always returns to you as you have intended it. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would guide our conversation, that you, that the full counsel of your word would be preached and taught, that you are high and lifted up, and that you would guide the words that are coming from my mouth, uh, that you are honored and glorified. Thank you for this, these truths in the story of Hannah and why she prayed. Help us to grasp the importance of it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So real quickly, um, I want to go through the doctrine of prayer and a couple of point, pointers that we talked about last week. We're probably going to go through these same things every week for the next uh, two weeks after this. It says the doctrine of prayer is a means of grace offered according to the will of God expressed in accordance with his words. Let me rephrase this again. The means of grace offered according to the will of God expressed in accordance with his word. That's what the doctrine of prayer is. Okay, Prayer is the language of the soul. And as John Calvin says it, opening up of our hearts before God. You're going to see this truth come alive in the life of Hannah. Last week, we examined the what and how to pray as taught by Jesus in the Scripture. That's the model. The mo- I use that model all the time. That's how I pray. I follow this model. Um, it has revolutionized how I pray, my purpose in praying, what I'm thinking about when I'm praying. And it's not like some, some, um, some uh, miracle potion. It requires that I'm thinking through what I'm, what I'm going to what I want to talk to the Lord about or bring to the Lord, and it really guides my, my heart and it realigns me. That's the other thing I want you to understand. Um, today we're going to be dealing with the why next week. We're going to be dealing with uh, when should you pray, and then we'll finish the week after that to whom should you pray. Um, and I think we'll end up seeing this reality um, in how people come before the Christ child and that's going to be kind of cool. Prayer reveals our heart. You guys remember I shared with you that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also? Well, prayer, prayer just tells me what's in your heart. When you want to listen to somebody, you see where their heart is? It comes from the heart, right? The, 
it, uh, whatever comes from the mouth comes from the heart, right? And so what you end up uh, really hearing is a person's heart when they're praying. If they're focused on themselves, it's not what goes into a man's mouth and into his stomach makes him unclean. It's what comes from his heart and out of his mouth. <laughs> you could tell when somebody's really struggling, just listen to their prayer. The second is prayer is about aligning ourselves with God's will. Are we aligning ourselves with God's will? The example I gave you there was Matthew 26, 36, when Jesus goes into the garden of Gethsemane and he prays and he says, not my will, but your will would be done. You're going to see this truth revealed in the life of Hannah and how she aligns herself with God's will and doesn't even realize it. It's really a cool thing. The, de- the word prayer in the Greek is pros, pros ukomai. Pros ukomai. The word pros literally means to, uh, to be near or to come before. Ukomai means to pray or will. So obviously, when we're praying, we're praying for the will of God as we come near to God. We want to, we want to align ourselves with his will. Now, why should we pray? Why should we pray? You should pray when your heart is heavy, and there is only one person you can go to, and that's to your God. You pray because your heart is heavy. That's what you're going to read here in Hannah. Hannah is a woman who is married to Elkanah, um, and Elkanah has two wives, Penea and Hannah. And Penea has children, but Hannah does not. Now, interesting enough is every time they go to do a sacrifice, because it's that time of the year for them to go before the, uh, to the temple, um, Hannah, on her way, gets made fun of by Penea. And Hannah is really heartbroken. And, you know, every man always has an answer. How many men are you, how many of you guys men are fix-it men? I'm a fix-it guy. Wife comes to me, she's upset, she's hurting. I can fix that. She goes, no, no, listen. Well, Elkanah doesn't listen. He does the same thing as every guy does. He tries to fix it, and we're going to read that in a minute, okay? So I want you to notice this. So what ends up happening is on her way, she gets made fun of, and then she she goes to dinner, and her husband comes to her. (laughs) This dude just don't get it. Her husband comes to her. And has the answer. And let's read. Um, let's read First uh, Samuel chapter one, verse eight. Um, one of the things I want you to understand is God knows your heart and your burden, so leave it with Him. Watch Hannah's response. And Elkanah, verse eight. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? I know you women are saying such a jerk. Why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I, not, am I not worth more than ten sons? That's stupid. I'm thinking, what are you talking? She wants a child. And he says, I, I'm, more, I'm more, listen, I am so much better than ten sons. And she's going, no, you're not. Why would she say that? Why would you? Why would he think that he's worth more than 10 sons? Because there's one thing that men don't understand. Men don't understand the yearning to be a mother. The desire to have a child. 
And when you go through what Hannah's gone through, and you, and you, are, you are really hoping and praying that this time it'll happen, and it doesn't. And then you go through more children and you lose them. You're like, what is wrong with me? Why isn't God giving me the desire of my heart? Why do I say that? My wife understands that. We've lost five kids. But God in his wisdom and his goodness has given us our, her heart's cry. And then Sarah was born. In addition to that, he then gives us more kids through adoption. So I'm like, okay. But get the point. It's the heart cry of a woman. And what's he do? I'm, I'm worth more than 10 of those little guys. And I know every mama bear in here would be like, no, you're not. Until they're gone. Then you might be worth more than 10, maybe. No, I'm only kidding. So this is what it says. It says, after, verse 9, and after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Do you see her heart now? Do you see her heart's cry? What does she want? And verse 11 says, And she vowed a vow and said, O Yahweh of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forgive, forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. I want you to hear her prayer. She comes to him with a heavy heart. Why do we pray? Because there are burdens you can't carry. We bring it to God, the only one who can answer her. Her husband, not knowing he's not the answer. Look what it says. If you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant. How is she being afflicted? She's being afflicted because she can't, she can't get pregnant. There's this internal affliction of her soul. There's also the affliction of her, of the other wife, who she has to share her husband with. And every time they go up, there's this reminder. So she goes to the only one who can answer her question and says, remember me and not forget your servant. You notice she doesn't say, remember me, and don't forget I want to be a mom. She goes, I am your servant. Why? Because she knows that every firstborn son to break the womb is to be given to the Lord as his. I want you to understand that. Because she only gets one son. And what she does is she commits to being obedient to the scripture, to God's command, and she honors her promise. Look what it says in verse 12. And she continued praying before the, before the Lord. Over and over and over again, she comes before him, begging him to hear her prayer. Eli observed her mouth 
And Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. See, men don't get it. But there's one thing I think as men we can look at is, do we pray like that? As men. Are we really with the burden heavy before the Lord, leaving it with him. And so, one of the things I want you to see, Hannah could not go to her husband because he could not give her what her heart desired, a son. Verse, that's in verse 8. He could only give her what his hands could offer, which was a double portion. He'd take, the, he'd take the sacrifice, he would get part of that sacrifice back, and he would feed his family, but to her, because I love you and I'm better than ten sons, here's double the meat. So she poured her heart out to Yahweh Ra'ah. I want you to hear that. Yahweh Ra'ah. You're going to notice something in the scripture. How many of you guys have heard the term Jehovah Jireh? You know Jireh is not in the scripture. The word Jireh is nowhere to be found. It's a term that's used because there denotes something that God says about himself as the Sha'al. The Sha'al. And I want, I want you to see this. But here is Yahweh Ra'ah. Yahweh Ra'ah means the God who sees. The God who sees. The very thing she desired more than anything else, she ended up surrendering to the God who sees her heart. God sees the deep things of the heart. God knows and we can have confidence that he will accomplish his will and purpose. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 14 through 16. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. Notice, notice Hannah's answer. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. Listen, there's one thing I know, that when a wife or mother is praying, she is deeply troubled. If she is in the room, locked up, begging her God to save you or care for you or heal you, it's because she deeply is troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. There is a gentleman in the, Old, in the Old Testament, a prophet named Daniel, who did the same thing. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that God had sent an angel before he even started praying. And they end up in a nice little fisticuff with Lucifer. And he's like, yo, I've been trying to get you this, trying to get you this answer, but why? Because Daniel's heart was troubled, and he prayed deeply and cried and wept for the people of Israel not to be without a place nor a king. 
Verse 16 of 1 Samuel. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. What a woman. What makes it special? What makes Hannah this truth so special? Hannah prayed in the secret place of her heart. How do you know that? Because she was praying and her lips were moving, but you didn't hear anything coming out of her mouth. So much so that Eli was like, why are you drunk? She goes, nah, I was meeting. I was praying to my God because I was deeply troubled. Listen, Matthew 6, 6 says this, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who is in secret will, will reward you. What does God do for Hannah? He rewards her because she met with him in the secret place of her heart. Philippians 4, 6 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. When you're anxious and your heart is heavy, bring it and thank him for it. What you'll end up seeing literally in the next verses is exactly what happens with Hannah. See, God answers the prayer of a surrendered heart. In Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Look at Hannah's change in the attitude of her heart. 1 Samuel 1, 17 through 20. <coughs> then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that, ha that you have made to him. What Hannah didn't even know is that God had already answered her prayer. And what she got from Eli was a confirmation a moment of hope. God heard me. Can I have a little bottle of water? One of the things I think we don't, we don't see and we don't understand is that the importance that Samuel plays in the future of Israel. What happens with Samuel? God, she didn't know what God was going to do with Samuel. The times... Times were going to change. Samuel was raised up not only as a high priest, but a prophet who would bring about the kingdom, the king, and who would eventually also be the prophet. She never saw this coming, but God did. So what you see in the reality of Hannah's petition before God, because she had already set in her heart to give to God what was rightfully his. She prayed according to his will. As a servant of the Lord, God grants her her petition. Look what it says. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. That's what she says to Eli. After Eli says, hey, may the Lord grant your petition. This word, let your servant find favor in your eyes, literally means May you see the favor and grace of God. May you see the favor and grace of God. This is what it says. Then the woman went her way and ate 
and her face was no longer sad. Do you remember what happened in the beginning? Every time she would go and they would, he would give her a double portion, he, she wouldn't eat. And he's like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you eating? Because I'm too heavy. My heart's too heavy. My heart's too troubled. She prays to the Lord. She gets up. Here's the answer. That's fine. And then literally walks away. No longer sad. No longer burdened. She came before the king to the one who can answer her prayer. And she is fully confident that he has done this. She's no longer sad. Confidence and peace that God heard her heart cry produced in her heart a longing to come before him prostrate in praise. That's what ends up happening. She is fully confident that God has heard her and she then goes after it's all said and done and praises him in a prayer of praise. We'll get to that in a minute. She's She's there. Verse 19. They rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. Do you see what that see what that one moment of surrendering her heart before God, the trouble she lays at his feet, she walks away, no longer sad, which brings her to a place of worship. They went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew his wife. And the Lord remembered her. Hear that? She went back praising God, knowing that God had heard her prayer. And the scripture says that when Elkanah slept with his wife, the, the Lord remembered her. You want your prayers? You want God to remember you in your prayer? Pray according to his will. He will always answer it. And look what it says in verse 20. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. This is like that Yahweh, this is like that Jehovah Jireh. God provided me a son. That's not what it means here. It's actually the word Yahweh Sha'al. Yahweh Sha'al, the Lord who grants requests. Isn't that an amazing statement? So when we think of God provides, it's not that God provides. Of course he provides. It's that God grants requests. And if your request is in alignment in accordance to his will, he will answer you. He will reward you, the scripture says. Turn to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Verse 1 through 7. And I want you to hear what David says concerning this truth. Psalm 37, 1 through 7. Fret not yourselves because of evildoers, and do not, and be not envious of wrongdoers. That's Panea. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. 
Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Not might. He will. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Just because bad people seem like they're always prospering, trust me, it's a temporary thing. But for those who trust in him, he will act. Hannah fulfills her promise and gives Samuel to Yahweh. Her heart fully surrendered in gratitude to her God for being Yahweh Sha'al. The beauty of Hannah's surrendered heart to her God results in praise. And every surrendered heart should only respond in the same way that she does, in praise. When God does this thing, and there's a prayer answered, the only response should be praise. Look at what she says here. Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 through 14. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. That word exalts with the U is rejoices. My horn is exalted in the Lord. The horn is the child who has come from her. And this word exalted means to be raised up. Literally, Samuel, my horn Samuel, will be raised up in the Lord. Why? She dropped him off at the temple and left. God raised the boy. She gave to the Lord the firstborn son, which she had committed to in her heart, just for the purpose of birthing a child for him. What an amazing thought. Do you know Mary does the same exact thing? So when you think about Christmas, you think about Mary. Remember Hannah. Because Mary exalts in the Lord for being considered by God to carry the incarnate God into creation. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like Yahweh. There is none besides you. There is no rock like our Elohim. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For Yahweh is, Elohim, is the Elohim of knowledge. And by him, actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken. And the feeble bind on strength. This word bind is the word girded. 
The feeble are girded on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread. In other words, those who had plenty end up really working just to get bread because they have no other, they have no other way to survive. Look what it says. But those who are hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, and she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and he raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. Raises up is the word there. He raises up the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are, are Yahweh's and on them he has set the world. Listen, if you honestly think that God is not in complete, total, sovereign control, you've totally missed the point of Hannah's prayer here. No one chooses where they go. God has determined that. The Lord makes poor and rich. The Lord kills and brings to life. The Lord brings down to Sheol and raises up. Not you. His determination. He is the God of all things. And when you grasp that truth and reality, and when you go before God in the confidence before the throne of God, you know he will answer you. People wonder, man, I wish I just knew. I wish God would answer me. Why would God have to answer you? When you don't even believe he exists. See, if you believed he existed, then you would understand that the whole reason why we're saved is because he loved you. And in his grace, gave you a gift of faith so that you would believe. Not because you could choose. It's an amazing statement she has here. Verse 9. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones. And the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Who do you think she's talking about? Who is the, who is the horn of his anointed? And look at Elkanah's response. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. What a heart of prayer. Going broken and troubled and heavy, and you leave it there knowing that you prayed and you have left your heart and your, and your soul there, and you've met with God in the secret place. And God answers your prayer because it's according to his will and his purpose that Samuel be born. Why should you pray? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Because of this one reason, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Why should we pray? You pray because you seek after God. You pray because your heart is troubled and there's only one who can answer that prayer and carry and take away the burden of your heart. You pray because you want to praise him because he is good and faithful to his people. That's why you pray. You pray because he commands you to. But I don't know how to pray. Jesus gave you the answer for that. You exalt God or praise him. You surrender your heart before him. You ask him and he will give you the desires of your heart because you have now aligned your will to his. He will provide. You repent of your sin and you forgive others. You petition God for your desires and your issues and you also petition God for others. And then you exalt and praise him. Why? Because he is good. Simple. Prayer is not difficult. Make it simple. Don't be like the Pharisees who give these long prayers and, or like the Gentiles. Just blah, 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 blah. Go before God in the secret place of your heart and just pour your heart out to him. So now we know the why of prayer. Next week, we'll deal with the when and to whom. Should we pray to the Father? Should we pray, pray to the Son? Should we pray to the Holy Spirit? Should we pray to all three? The God in one. We're going to answer that in two weeks. All right? Father, I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness and goodness. Thank you. You are faithful and true. Your word is true. Thank you for this amazing story of Hannah. Thank you for helping us to understand why we pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.